morning, everybody. It is Thursday, the 9th of March, and I was on the ABC this morning, so running hopelessly behind times. This is the Marcus Today members podcast, exclusively for Marcus Today members. General advice only. Don't confuse it with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. And if you're not a member, why not, you freeloader? Anyway, yes, a call to close down the ABC and sack Ida because of Marx's appearance on the ABC this morning. All I did was be sympathetic to the 80,000 people who are having their superannuation buggered about, but it seems nobody likes that sort of thing. You horrible rich people. No one should have any sympathy for you at all. Anyway, that video is in the newsletter today. We were talking about Powell. Powell's done another little bit of a, not backflip, but let me give you the headline I liked. Powell walks back harsher rate rhetoric. Powell was giving his second testimony last night and answered a few questions, which allows him to be a little bit more liberal with his commentary. And he basically said that the Fed are data dependent, which we know, but he also said that no decision had been made on what to do at the March 22 FOMC meeting. And what he means, of course, is that between now and then, we've got the US jobs number tomorrow night, Friday night, and then we've got the February CPI numbers in the US on Tuesday, followed by PPI numbers on Wednesday, but the CPI numbers will be obviously more important. And the Fed are jury out until those numbers are in. I always wonder whether the Fed have an insight into what those numbers say, but I really don't believe they do. So Powell just hedging his bets a little bit ahead of those two fairly influential numbers ahead of their decision in March. Interestingly, the odds of a 50 basis point rise. If you remember, the Fed have been raising rates 25 basis points. The idea that they will suddenly start raising rates by 50 basis points, of course, doesn't sit very well with the market, but that is what we're faced with. We will need a soft CPI number and a soft jobs number, and within the jobs number, a soft average earnings number to really put them back to 25 basis points. At the moment, the market, as I say, 81% chance of a 50 basis point rate rise priced into the bond market at the moment. So it looks like that's coming. And whilst we are waiting for this peak in interest rates, the markets have got no excuse to let loose and rally hard. So we are in a flat spot at the moment. January rally, February sober up and March don't know what to do. One of the interesting observations about this recent Powell commentary is that two-year bond yield in the US, the short dated bond yield has gone up 15 basis points. That's quite a big move. But the 10-year bond yields hardly changed. I think it's up at one or two points. That means the yield curve has further inverted. The relevance of that is the more inverted it gets, the more likely it is that the US will drop into recession. It's the market telling you if the US two-year bond yield is higher than the 10-year, which is not the normal state of affairs, and at the moment it's over 1% higher, which is unheard of since at least the last 30 years. There's a chart of that in the strategy piece. But the idea that short-term rates are higher suggests that than longer-term rates suggests that rates are going up in the short term, but not in the long term. And the fact that the 10-year bond yield hasn't really risen also rather vindicates this view from capital economics yesterday that raising rates 50 basis points now or going more aggressively in the short term is going to bring down or bring forward the peak in interest rates 
rates and have the Fed cutting earlier than anyone expects. And that's sort of what the bond yields are telling you at the moment. Anyway, a mild silver lining to the otherwise overcast weather we are getting from the US at the moment. So all eyes on the jobs number on Friday and the US inflation number next Tuesday night. BHP and Rio, by the way, have both gone ex-dividend today and knocked about 30 points off the market. The futures this morning were up 32. It seems the people that do the spy arbitrage, which is what Henry used to do, people that do the spy arbitrage don't take into account ex-dividends because the futures this morning were up 32 and the market's only up nine. Still sitting in 40% cash in the strategy portfolio at the moment, which seems about right. We're ready to buy something should the opportunity arise. But at the moment, if you go to the ideas and technical section today, you'll see I've put in a bunch of charts of not just stocks, but the ASX 200, the resources sector in particular, which had a great rally and has now turned over, and the gold sector, which had a good rally and has now turned over. The tide seems to be going out almost everywhere, energy sector included. The bank sector has lost a bit of that momentum it had yesterday, but today is looking rather nice. We've got some solid moves, CBA up. In fact, they're all up, including Macquarie. And that, of course, is because I mentioned them on the ABC as being a buy ahead of the results season coming up in May. They've gone from the top to almost the bottom of their trading range, which is about a 10% trading range. And they like higher interest rates. And they've got their results and dividends coming up. The CBA results were fabulous. But if you remember, a broker led the pack by telling everybody that net interest margins have peaked and the share price fell 8% in a week. And the whole sector came off anyway. Having come off, they do now have results and dividends coming up. No reason for the results to be anything other than stellar, like the CBA results. So banks looking okay. But otherwise, the general trend, this new Powell hawkishness, is against us, in which case sitting on cash at this point looks like the right idea, not looking to buy anything in particular. In the strategy section today, I've got a bunch of charts trying to fill up a bit of space, really. I'm hopelessly behind today. So charts are always good at filling up the newsletter. If in doubt, pull out a chart. Anyway, you'll see the ASX 200 PE ratio, and that has dropped significantly. Is at a multi-year, not quite a multi-year low. It got a bit lower in the pandemic, but a good reason not to sweat too much. ASX 200 volatility also in the strategy section. That's at normal levels. And if you look at the PE of the S&P 500 as well, that's well down from the top and around the average it's been for the last decade or so. And if you look at the dividend yield on our market at the moment, sort of four and a half percent, something like that. That compares to develop other developed markets of around two percent. So a good country to earn income, Australia, but of course most of it's in the banks or from the banks. Anyway, have a look at the charts in the strategy section. I also have a, I was going to bed last night and I've seen this or got told to watch The English. And as Emma headed off, I just noticed it was in front of me on Prime Video. So I clicked on it. Two hours later, I was still watching it. So my water cooler recommendation today is to watch The English. Right. In the ideas portfolio today, we have made a couple of howling errors. One was buying Domino's. Have a look at the broker stuff on Domino's at the moment. Average target price, 30% above the current share price. I can't sell it. And the PE is now below the long-term average. So still holding Domino's, even though we're down 30%. 
and 29 metals came out of its trading halt, announced a three to four week disruption of production at the Capricorn Copper operations, thanks to heavy rains. It was marked off 14% first thing this morning and then bounced 10%, down 4.4% as I speak. And it seems to use a few bad puns that the message, the rainfall message, had leaked into the market over the last few couple of weeks. It started raining heavily only a couple of days ago though. And that maybe explains why we were underwater so quickly without explanation. Anyway, that is now in the price. Brokers, I haven't found any broker stuff yet. Brokers have still got their recommendations from a couple of weeks ago post results and take your pick there. Ord Manette have got a target price 32% above the current share price. Citibank 35% above and Credit Suisse 32% below. Anyway, horrible stuff. Make the need for a stop-loss mechanism on this idea's portfolio imperative. We'll have to introduce that. Let's see if we can dig ourselves out of our dominoes and 29 metals hole first. Not really any stocks worth highlighting today. CSL's got some buy signals on it, but it's not a trading stock. If it got back to its recent high in February, it would only be going up 5% or so, so not really too excited. You'll see after yesterday's falls, the number of oversold stocks has blown out to be expected. And 52-week highs, travel stocks, Qantas, Webjet, AP Eagers as well. Seems car prices haven't fallen as much as expected just yet. And unfortunately, in the very oversold section, Domino's and a host of other stocks there. Nick Scarly as well, very oversold. The long-term average PE on this is 13.7. It has recently dropped from a PE of almost 20 down to 7.7. Very oversold looking particularly cheap relative to history. Dividend yield 7.6% and that is why it's oversold because it went ex-dividend on March the 6th. Wouldn't really be buying anything on weakness at the moment and not on weakness, wouldn't really be buying anything in retail at the moment. Powell's comment, not Powell's, Philip Lowe's comments recently this week have been about the post-pandemic spending spree having come to an end. We've probably bought enough sofas for the minute. But when the market starts to look up, some of these retailers have got bombed out and Nick Scarly is one, as I say, not really looking to buy anything at the moment. By the way, I was going to start doing these technical scans in alphabetical order and highlighting the large ones rather than in market cap order. I forgot to do that today. I'll see if I can remember to do that tomorrow. Henry's take full of interest this morning. He explains the 45 day rule after a question from a member. He also has a link to his Osbiz The Call recorded yesterday and again a link to his On The Couch podcast with the Macquarie Telecom CEO and today he's also doing a biotech special. More of that tomorrow, no doubt. And just a heads up from Henry, the members meeting coming up at the Oaks in Sydney on March 22nd. It is fully subscribed. Amazing what an offer of free drinks and pizza can do which means I'm paying for that. Anyway, if you have registered, you'll be getting a confirmation email next week. He has booked a bigger room thanks to the demand. No presentations, just a social occasion to connect members with like-minded people. Okay, that's about it. Market doing not a lot. Up nine points as I speak. Sorry, it was up nine points. It's down two points as I speak. Maya up 16%, near a six year high as net profit more than doubles. And zero finally 
coming alive. This stock was $65 in November last year. It's up to 85 and rallying today, they are cutting 800 jobs and that has gone down well. Only on a PE of 359 times cheap. But technically, there are buy signals on zero now. I'm off on motorcycle holiday at the end of next week for a week. Hopefully not much will happen. Henry will be holding the fort. Back tomorrow, you have a fabulous time. Until then. (laughs) 